0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Professors at Work, the weekly podcast from the American University of Beirut, where I talk to professors and researchers and alumni and um, scholars about the, the research they're doing, why they chose these topics, what they're discovering, and, and what it means for the rest of us. I'm very pleased to have this week as my guest Jamil M'awad. Jamil is a lecturer at the Department of Political Studies and Public Administration. And he's also a senior researcher at the Arab Reform Initiative, which is one of the most uh, highly respected uh, research centers and think tanks in the Arab region. Jamil, uh, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me, on You bet. So uh, I know you're working on a book about Lebanon and some dimensions of Lebanon. Tell us, uh, what is this project? Uh, why did you choose this? Uh, don't we have enough books on Lebanon? Or what, what are we, we going to learn?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, maybe I'll, stand, I'll start with, with, the, um, with the book titled, which is, um, I chose the, type, the following title, uh, The Awaited State, uh, State Formation, and Elite Resilience in Lebanon. So um, the book is rather inspired by a growing concern in uh, comparative politics uh, around the question of so-called weak states. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we often hear of some states that are very weak, they cannot govern, uh, and therefore, we always need either inter- international intervention to save these states or to support these states, etc. And uh, the book is empirically presented against, as you know, uh, against the backdrop of uh, a largely unchallenged conviction that there is no state in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Like us, in everyday life, people are convinced that there is no state. And uh, uh, often you hear people asking, We need only? we need only? where is the state, where is the right. state? Yeah. So I personally decided to transform this banal question into an imperative inquiry, into an inquiry about the nature of the Lebanese state. So, and therefore I ask, uh, What is the nature of the state? Why uh, does it still exist uh, despite uh, its uh, weakness? And now we know that uh, we have upcoming elections. And everyone is interested to run for this election. So why uh, we're running to govern a rather weak state? Uh, so this is my inquiry.
0: Hmm. Uh, are you th- are, are you dealing with the state since its birth in the 30s and 40s uh, throughout, or are you just dealing with the last 30, 40 years of more stresses and ups and downs? Uh,
1: no, actually, I do long durée. Uh, it's not the political history of Lebanon. Uh, rather an examination of a uh, government uh, in this country. So uh, the model that I developed in this book is based on a three-dimensional examination of the state power in Lebanon. On the one hand, I look how the state has historically been constructed discursively, because this mm-hmm. is an important component of the state power in Lebanon. Right. So I look Moments from the forties, inauguration projects, and I studied the, the discourse: how do politicians, ministers, presidents of the republic used to talk about this state? So that's the discursive level. Mm-hmm. The color is the how, how is the state practice. So I study, I study uh, public policy projects. I focus specifically on the Litani River project in the right. south, which has been, you know, uh, 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 you know, it hasn't been implemented yet. Huh? Uh, since at least the 40s wow.
0: and
1: I look also at the third pillar which is how do people encounter the state so my examination of the state power is based on these three pillars how is it depicted, how the state is depicted how it is practiced and how it is encountered by normal citizens in their everyday life and based on this three-dimensional examination I argue that in fact it's not true that there is no state in Lebanon there is a state in Lebanon mm. but the the state, the effect of these practices, the discourse, people encountering the state, is one of weakness. And this is on purpose. So weakness is a way to govern the society by the ruling class. So yeah. yes, I long durée, and I see how this discourse has evolved, and how we reached a point where now we have a crisis. But I argue in this book in the final, you know, chapter, that this crisis is not necessarily the crisis of the public state. It mm. is the crisis of the shadow state, because based on the practices of the ruling class that have, you know governed Lebanon since the '40s, right? They did everything possible in order to convince the average citizen that there is no state. Wow. And in fact, it's politicians who often tell us, us normal citizens, that the state is weak, that we cannot do anything, etc. So why do they do so? Why the state is depicted as very weak? Or oh. even... Mm-hmm. Because this is the only way they can convince us that we need a shadow state. We need a shadow state that is based on network of clientelism, service provision, that are not necessarily offered by the public state but are offered by the za'ama system, by the traditional leaders, by the political
0: parties. So so what you're saying is that citizens actually get things from the state, whether it's jobs or uh, hospital services or uh, university seats. or what They get stuff from the state, but they don't get it from the formal institutions of the ministries or all that. They get it indirectly through their local political za'im, their leader, their ethnic group, their sectarian group, their... Uh, whatever uh, unofficial, what you call the shadow state, uh, provides those services. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There is a common trend now that we we say that we have a parallel state in Lebanon or a state within a state, uh, which is not true. I argue that the shadow state, what I call the shadow state, is intrinsically Mm -hmm. related to the public state. So the state itself in Lebanon, unlike what we think, is a side Contestation. The public state is a site of contestation. So th- there is a right. specific reason why the new contractors like me, Kati, Hariri and others, they run for a seat uh, in Tripoli or in Saida or in Beirut. They need to be in the state. They need to control the state resources. They need to control our imaginary of the state. By, at the same time, undermining the public state and offering services. But these services are not independent from state resources. They're intrinsically related to state resources. And this is what I call stranding strategies of the elite. Elite in Lebanon, they stranded at the same time the public state and the shadow state. So one day, we know a politician as the prime minister. The day after... He's the leader of the sect or of the political party. So this is not a coincidence. This is a control mechanism. And as citizens, because we cannot get our services directly from the state, we go eventually to the traditional party, to the shadow state, in order to get our services. And this is how these people reproduce their power, sectarian or not. This is how they control resources.
0: Well, the the, um, the the history of modern Lebanon, certainly the last 30, 40 years, would uh, certainly support what you're saying. But if you go back a little earlier, if you go back to the 50s and 60s, maybe even early 70s, my impression, having lived through that period in Lebanon and, and Jordan and Syria and other places, is that the, the Arab state, broadly speaking, say between the 1930s and the 1970s, was actually... Developing reasonably well and offering citizens jobs and schooling and medical care and uh, identity and whatever, um, a little bit of voice even here and there. Uh, but it's the, the decline of the state is really more a recent thing. Would you would you find that applicable to Lebanon? If you go back to this look at Lebanon in the 50s and 60s, does does this your analysis pertain then as well, or is it getting worse recently only?
1: No, it's a very important question. It's true that, you know, uh, in the 50s, 60s, we had the developmental state in the Arab the airport, the, the, the state as the grand architect in the airport, the the, the main employer in the airport. Uh, it's true that the state idea was somehow strong in the 50s, 60s in Lebanon, uh, but at the same time, the politicians were doing everything to undermine the state. Uh, that's why what, when I look at the Litani River project, uh, Rami, in the 40s, when they inaugurated mm-hmm. the project, which was a colossal project, if you analyze the speeches and the discourse, it wasn't about the state finally under the project. It was about the genius Lebanese engineer, Abdel Al, who developed this project. It was right. always about the individual It came to the liberal economy, Laisse faire, laisse passer, the genius Lebanese individual who is even smarter than his government, right? Uh, so right. it's true that we had state institutions, the public administration uh, was rather independent from the politicians, but it wasn't fully independent. In fact, the process of hollowing out the state uh, uh, started in back then, started in the 40s and the 50s. I give you an example. There was a big controversy, technical controversy back then when they were implementing the Litani River project, Uh, whether they do the pump on uh, canal, which they used to call canal 600 or 800. So it was a technical controversy, but deep down it was a political controversy, whether we should do it at level 600 and then serve some villages, or level 800 and serve other villages. And that's one of the main reasons why the project was halted back then, because we were trying to cut out the state. The difference is, after the war, this system of cannibalization of state power took another dimension. And with the neoliberal project in post-war Lebanon, it took yet another level, whereby the state has been completely hollowed out, and the shadow state has is now, if you want, the main actor that is governing the society. Look at the crisis now, Rami. Uh, yes. When we tell, when 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 they tell us we no longer have electricity from Electricité du Liban, we don't panic. We're right. so used to it, which is the public. But the moment the right. Right. generator in your uh, the neighborhood tells you, Rami, I'm gonna ration electricity, you panic. So your services now rely on the private broker, on the generator, and not on the state.
0: Right, and that applies in to many fields like you know phones, clean water, um, schooling, healthcare. A lot of things that used to be mainly provided by the state in Jordan, Lebanon, Jordan, many other Arab countries uh, are often now provided by non-state actors.
1: True, you name it, you name it, and now we uh, you know um, uh, you know amidst the crisis, we're governed by the black market, the exchange. Uh, yes. You go to the everything, is the water, you call the, the tank guy, he brings the water, electricity, you call the generator. We're relying more and more now on this shadow state because the neoliberal elite that's governing the Arab world now has controlled state resources, but also is now working on implementing, you know, this shadow state everywhere in the Arab world, whether reconstruction, or uh, security as well. Look at the private security in Beirut. We used to have Natours, right, in the '50s, '60s, '70s during the war. A right. guy that you have, that you have some empathy, you have some friendship with. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we have private security uh, company that comes. We don't know who these people are. They come, you know, they have a shift. They work from nine to five. They leave. Someone else comes. So we have lost this, you know, a, a, a relation to them. Right. And that's- the facade or face of the
0: shadow state that is governing nowadays in Lebanon. So my my next question would be, um, why have the Lebanese citizens apparently put up with this? They obviously rebelled, and in the ah. last ten, fifteen years, they had several uprisings about various issues, big ones, small ones, uh, serious serious expression of citizen discontent but they don't seem to have gotten anywhere. And how do you explain um, the fact that the um, clear d- desire by what I think is a clear majority of citizens to want to have a better performance by their state has been ignored by the state and, and, and the citizens seem helpless. So is Lebanon yeah. stuck with this system forever?
1: Um, definitely not. Otherwise, we would fall into the trap of you know, determinism. Uh, In fact, uh, if you look at different mobilizations in recent years, uh, people were longing for the state. They were calling for the state. They were calling for the sherry sector. They were calling for public electricity, for social services, etc. So the idea of the state, the state idea, is very much alive in the imaginary of the Lebanese citizen. Mm So the Lebanese citizen himself, unlike his, you know, regardless of his practice in the everyday life, is more stateless than the ministers we have. Because the objective of the ministers, of the prime minister, of all these, you know, ruling elite is to nourish the shadow state in order to sustain their uh, power. While the, the, the interest of the citizen is to claim back the public state. And this is the challenge now. What is our objective really? And I believe as a society, our objective is to claim back the public state as a source of justice. This is not easy because nowadays we're trapped into a survival mechanism. Right. i'll go back to i'll go back to the electricity example uh, rami uh, now uh, uh, with the crisis of the shadow state generators are no longer able to provide electricity etc so we resort to alternative services so now right. everyone wants to install a, a solar 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 panel so as if we're used to what we call in french system d you know an alternative system alternative mm-hmm. So that's why we up not mobilizing now and claiming back services, because we have always, we're used to ask for an alternative service, right? And this is very challenging. So we need to break this reliance on the alternative service in order, again, to break back, to bring back the state. But, but I believe that the idea, the state idea is very much alive in the imaginary of the Lebanese. And this... Um, right. This is very hopeful for me. It gives me hope. It really
0: gives me hope. Otherwise, we would end up in a stateless society. Right. Let let me ask you a question. In the midst of all this, if you look at Lebanon over the last, say, 50 years or so, one of the major developments has been the emergence of this huge, powerful actor called Hezbollah, which is a legitimate actor in the eyes of most Lebanese. um, And parallel with that has been the fragmentation of all the other groups, Sunnis and uh, some of the smaller Shiites and Druze and um, uh, Christians and, and all the other uh, actors have, have, especially the Christian community, have fragmented and uh, and become smaller. So how do you explain that development in the Uh, in the world of organized, let's just call them political groups, whether they're real parties or not. But So you have this monster, giant, strong Hezbollah and then a lot of weaker ones, and they, of course, all try to make uh, coalitions. How does that fit into your analysis?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I, I think this analysis is legitimate as long as we apply it to all other sectors. So yes, when it comes to resisting Israel, now Hezbollah is in charge, because the state, in a way or another, it outsourced this mission historically to a group like but there are other monsters in Lebanon as well as per this analysis. Look at the economy, look at commercial banks now who Mm -hmm. are are not accountable whatsoever and they are even more powerful than the state itself. They challenge the government they challenge the narrative of the government when it comes to uh, the crisis, they impose even their will on the government so this analysis doesn't only apply to Israel, In fact, it applies to all other sectors in Lebanon,
0: right. from
1: our everyday practice to resisting against Israel. Except, except that resisting uh, uh, Israel is something uh, you know that for a while has been legitimized by uh, by the government. It has been legitimized by the government uh, since at least after uh, uh, after the Taif Agreement.
0: Right. And uh, we're uh, running out of time. We only have about three, four minutes left. Uh, So if you look ahead, how does the situation in Lebanon look to you in terms of your analysis and your understanding of these trends and and dynamics? Uh, Can you uh, predict any kind of things happening with the next election coming up now? Have any significance? What do you see uh, in the light of your analysis?
1: Um, okay, now I'm maybe talking as a citizen to you now, uh, Rami, but also as an analyst and researcher. There is yeah. a very gloomy situation, and there is a there is a discourse now that is very much focused on the collapse. Yes, uh, and that's why many Lebanese have lost hope, and they have reacted in a way or another. They left the country, or now they're disinterested in, uh, in 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 politics. Uh, but I I believe I believe that uh, it's about time uh, to promote uh, hope as a political project. Of course, this is very difficult, uh, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, society's history tells us go through ups and downs, and it's a moment where we can reconstruct. And this time, reconstruction is not an elite-based project like the one we had in the the 90s. This time, the construction could be society-based, and that's why there should be an effort and we all should be part of this effort in order to promote hope. Hope not as a rosy idea that things will be better in the coming years, but hope as a political project. Mm-hmm. This project should be based on two pillars. should be based on the state, again, claiming back the state as a source of justice, social right. security, security, you name it.
0: Right. But
1: hope, a project of hope that can capture the struggle of the, of the average Lebanese. Right of Lebanese now are resisting the system in their everyday life through survival mechanisms.
0: The resentment
1: yes. of the normal average citizen towards the ruling class is very significant. It might not translate in the ballot in the coming uh, uh, two weeks in the elections, but it doesn't mean it's not there. I strongly believe that the Lebanese are resisting the system in their everyday life. Yes, everything is possible. Dignity—you know—the fact that they're showing dignity, the fact that they've lost, you know—it doesn't mean that resistance shouldn't always be through protest, mobilization, organizations. It can be, you know, any resentment feeling I have towards this class, this And eventually, eventually, a moment would erupt where we should all capitalize on these people of hope and resentment against the, uh, the, the ruling class in order to build something
0: new. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense and I suspect that uh, we can probably see in the current uh, proliferation of efforts at community level, neighborhood level, even building level, citizens taking into their own hand the job of reconstructing, rebuilding, uh, rebuilding their lives after the explosion, after the economic collapse, after many problems. Um, and there's a tremendous vitality at the local and community level now, uh, which doesn't necessarily translate into national political movements, but uh, could be reflecting what you're talking about, the, the resistance of a- ordinary people uh, in their survival mechanisms.
1: Absolutely, and our objective as researcher, analyst, journalist, is really to shed light and render these struggles visible. In order to produce a counter discourse, to
0: the discourse of despair and promote hope. Wow. Well, on that note, uh, Jamil, we have to end. We've run out of time. Thank you so much for being my guest this week. Uh, my guest has been Jamil Mawad, who is a lecturer in the Political Studies and Public Administration Department at AUB, and he's also a senior researcher at the Arab Reform Initiative. Thank you, Jamil, for joining me this week, and good luck with your work.
1: Thanks for having me. Coming.
0: You bet. And uh, that's it for professors at work. I'm Rami Khoury, your host. Join me again next week at the same time. Bye for now.